Luke chapter 7, beginning at verse 36. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she's a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I come into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven, little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say to themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Well, in our culture today, uh, forgiveness is something which many people find difficult to offer. Uh, Many people feel uh, victimized. They feel abused sometimes by those in authority. Uh, Some have felt maybe deep hurt from racism. Others have been abused by a partner. Some struggling with their sexuality may have been treated in an unloving way. And there may be some people here, sitting here this evening, maybe you've come here for the first time and you've been deeply hurt in some way. And inwardly you're you're just screaming out for justice. You, You really want what happened to you to be dealt with fairly. And I'm really sorry, genuinely, if that, if that is you uh, this evening. And all those situations that I've just listed, they're all very complex, and we are not going to go into those this evening. We wouldn't have time. But I think we can all agree that when something uh, wrong has been committed against somebody else, you know, whether it's been sinful, illegal, you know, there needs to be justice, doesn't there? It needs to be dealt with in a fair way, in a proportionate way, in the right manner. And so the desire for justice is is a really good thing. In fact, the desire for justice, you know, justice actually is rooted in Christianity. It's rooted in Judaism. It's rooted in the Bible. Yet one of the things which is so often uh, missing after justice has been given 
One of the things which people find it so hard to give to someone who has admitted, look, I, I, I did that and it was wrong. People find it then hard to, to say, I forgive you. You see, for many people, they've done something wrong. You know, they've, they've hurt somebody, they've hurt a group of people. And now, for the rest of their life, that person, they carry around that label. They're not offered forgiveness. You don't need me to tell you that. You just hear it on the news. You see it on social media. You know, it, it, it's a place where people are condemned. There's rarely forgiveness which is offered. And I find it, I was going to say interesting, but sad as well, that in some ways it's no coincidence today that that is the case. Because we are living today in a country which has abandoned, for the most part, abandoned God. So many, therefore, have lost the ability to forgive. And we've, less, we've lost the ability to forgive because we have cut ourselves off from the one from whom forgiveness flows. You see, forgiveness, it comes from the God of heaven who offers forgiveness to sinful, wretched people like me and you. Forgiveness today is seen as self-hate. Forgiveness is seen as radically unjust and impractical. Some people say that revenge and anger, it's more authentic, it's more true to yourself. Yet the reality is, is that history teaches us that forgiveness is needed to avoid a society being ripped apart from the inside out. Forgiveness is needed for families, for communities, for workplaces to flourish. I mean, surely you, you know that you've been in a work situation and there's been bitterness and it just, it just tears things apart, doesn't it? And you know, the only way we can have forgiveness is by going to Jesus. In fact, the Bible tells us that we all desperately need to be forgiven by God. You know, even those of us here who maybe have been victims of crime in the past, even those of us here who feel like we've been really wrong. Even those of us here who feel like I'm, I'm actually a pretty good person. People like you and me, we, we need forgiveness from the God of heaven. Because the reality is, is, is that if God does not forgive you while you are on this earth living, then you will never be forgiven. If you are not forgiven by God, you will be punished for your sin forever. And I'm just going to ask you, like, do you realize that this evening? We're going to listen into a conversation at a, at a dinner party that Jesus was at 2,000 years ago. He was invited along to it by a Pharisee. And this, this, this lady turns up. And I just want you to listen into the conversation. And I want you to ask yourself this very simple question, like, who am I? Who am I in this story? You know, am I more like this Pharisee? He's called Simon. If you don't know what a Pharisee was, a Pharisee was like, a, they belonged to a religious group of people. And, and basically, for the most part, they looked down on other people. They looked down at other people and pointed out, you know, when they got things wrong. And they basically thought that they were better than other people. And they said, I, I, for the most part, I don't need Jesus. 
You know, I'm okay. I'm all right. I'll be okay when I come before God on judgment day. I mean, are you like that? Or as we're going to see, are you like this woman who actually, she comes to Jesus and she knows that she desperately needs Jesus. She desperately needs forgiveness. Are you like her? Well, as we listen into the conversation, we're going to consider what a truly forgiven person looks like. I want you to ask yourself, is that, is that me? And if it's not you, <laughs> I really want you to understand that this amazing forgiveness is, is available for you tonight. Isn't that amazing? This forgiveness is available for you tonight. Three points. My first point is moved by the love of Jesus. If you look down at your Bibles in verse 37, a woman comes in who is from the city. We're told that she's a sinner. We don't know what she's done. Maybe she was a prostitute. Maybe she'd um, committed adultery and her husband threw her out. We don't know. But whatever she's done, it's clear that everybody who's at that dinner party and everyone in that town, it seems, knows that this woman is a sinner. You know, she's got a bad reputation. But this woman, she knows that Jesus is reclining at the table. Reclining is just a word which describes how people sat in the Middle East. They, you know, sat facing the table and that their legs would be kind of faced away from the table. But this woman, she goes to this house, to this dinner party, because she hears somehow that Jesus is there. And maybe she heard Jesus teach in the open air. You know, maybe she uh, heard about what Jesus was like, or she saw Jesus healing people who were blind, even touching lepers, you know, casting out demons. And she just was amazed by this person, Jesus Christ, that Jesus was a friend of sinners. A friend of messed up people. And, and it seems that she arrives at this house and her life is already actually being completely changed by this person, Jesus Christ. You see, this person, Jesus, has moved her to come to this house. She's been magnetized toward Jesus. Beforehand, she's gone out to some shop and she's bought this expensive jar of alabaster perfume. And it's led her to this house. And she's standing there behind Jesus. You know, expensive perfume. Think Chanel or Dior that you can get in Leamington Spa High Street. In verse 38, she stands behind Jesus. And she starts to cry. She starts weeping, like full-on crying. And like the rain, it just wets Jesus' feet. And then she, she, she gets down and she starts to wipe her hair on Jesus' feet to dry them. And she starts to kiss the feet of Jesus. And then she gets the perfume out and she, she pours it on Jesus' feet. And they didn't have nice tarmac roads like we do today in Lemons and Spa or in Coventry. You know, they, they were horrible roads. They were They were dirty. People had to wear sandals in those days. They didn't have Nike trainers. And that meant that Jesus' feet, they would have been really filthy and probably very smelly as well. But this woman, she, she just doesn't care. 
She doesn't care that probably everyone is just looking at her around the dinner table thinking, who's this woman? Why has she come in? Why is she washing her feet over Jesus' feet? Her hair over Jesus' feet, sorry. But she doesn't care. You know, she is just overwhelmed with love for Jesus. Now here's a question, why? (laughs) Why is she overwhelmed with love for Jesus? Well, it's It's very, very simple, but very, very profound. She has experienced the kindness of Jesus Christ. She has experienced his love. And Jesus has completely and utterly changed her life. As you see in verse 48, she's been forgiven. And I think she was forgiven before she arrived at the house. And that's what's caused her to do what she is doing. And so out of her heart, it pours this deep, unembarrassed, unashamed, tender love for Jesus. It is so amazing when you think that this woman is is an absolute sinner. She's an outcast where she's living. But Jesus showed love to her. And she shows this amazing love back because of what Jesus has done for her. But sitting at the table is this Pharisee called Simon. And he doesn't love Jesus. And seeing how Jesus responds to this woman, he says to himself in verse 39, like if Jesus really was a prophet, he would know who and what kind of woman this was and and, and who had touched him. That she is a sinner. You can visualize Simon the Pharisee pointing a finger in his mind at this woman, disdaining her. Now, a, a prophet is just someone who is given a message by, by God and, and, and brings it to people. It's like a divine royal mailman with a message. And so basically, Simon's thinking, his conclusion is, well, Jesus is quite clearly not from God. He's quite clearly not a prophet. Because if he was, he wouldn't have permitted this disgusting, dirty, sinful woman to have touched him. You see, the God that he believes in is not the God that Jesus Christ loves and knows. It's not the God that Jesus Christ is. The God that Simon believes in is a God who is harsh and who demands self-righteousness. And so Simon is really cold towards Jesus. And listen, he's cold towards Jesus because he does not love Jesus. And he does not love Jesus because he's not experienced the love of Jesus. But notice also that Simon is really cold toward this woman. I mean, it's heartless. This is a woman who's completely messed up. He really could not care less about her. But Jesus loves people like her. Do you know that? He loves people like her. People who are messed up. People who don't have their life all together. Jesus loves to forgive people like her. Jesus loves people like that. And forgiven people love Jesus because they know that Jesus deeply, deeply loves them. I mean, let me ask you, if you're here tonight for the first time or you've been coming for a while, like, 
Are, are you like that? Do you love Jesus? Have you tasted the love of Jesus Christ? Have you experienced that? Or you're more like Simon the Pharisee. You know, you may read your Bible. You might even come to this church every week and get involved with everything. You might give to charity, to Oxfam, might help the poor. You might go to confession at the Roman Catholic Church in Lewington Spa. You might go to mosque five times a day. You might say to yourself, I'm a respectable, good person. I've not done anything wrong. I've, done, I've not run over any grannies. I'm not stolen. You know, other people at my workplace, they think that I'm quite virtuous, that I'm quite successful. But you know, all those things is absolutely and completely irrelevant. Let me ask you honestly, are you cold towards Jesus Christ? You know, do you just think that he's just another human being? Just a good teacher, just a wise man, just, just a, only a prophet? You know, have you seen who he really is? Have you experienced the love of Jesus Christ, that he is the suffering Messiah, you know, who bled and died for sinners on the cross? This is who Jesus is. He did that to save people from eternal darkness. I mean, do you love him? Does it move you? Are you like that woman who, who just loved Jesus? Or are you more like Simon the Pharisee? who actually just pushes the love of Jesus away and says, I don't want your love. I don't want your forgiveness. This moves us on to our next point. Secondly, Jesus exposes our sin. So in verse 40, Jesus sees what's going inside the heart of this Pharisee. And so Jesus says, Simon, I've got something I want to say to you. And then Simon says, well, say it to me. And then Jesus tells them this parable, verses 41 and 42. And, and basically it's a parable where two, two people borrowed some money from, from a money lender from the bank. And uh, when they needed to pay the money back, they both didn't have enough funds to pay back. They couldn't pay back what they had borrowed. And so one of them, had owed, one of them um, owes 500 denarii. Okay? So that's 500 days of work. So that's a year and a half of work. And today... In the average of what people earn, that's 32 grand. Okay, 32 grand. The other owes 50 denarii, that's 50 days of work. Okay, again, year and a half in today's money, that's 3,200 pounds. So one is 10 times greater than the other. Now, amazingly, the moneylender is very, very kind and he, he, he wipes the debt of both of them completely clean. He says, You know, don't have to pay me back, it's fine. Jesus tells Simon this parable. And then Jesus says to Simon, well, which one will love the moneylender more? And Simon says in verse 43, well, I suppose the one who had the larger debt. And Jesus is like, yeah, you're right. You're, you're right on there. You've judged rightly. And the point that Jesus is making here is, is he's saying to Simon, look, Simon, this is a story about me and you and this woman. And then in verse 44, he turns to this woman. He says, Simon, do you see this woman here? Do you see her? Look, I came into your house today. Water for my feet you did not give me. But her tears wet my feet and she wiped them with her hair. A kiss for me, Simon, you did not give. But since I came in, she's not stopped kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil. 
But she anointed my feet with perfume. I mean, Jesus is saying, look, Simon, you failed here. You failed. But this lady, Jesus says, she did all these things because she knows that she's a sinner and because she's forgiven. This woman, she knew she had many sins. She knew that she was a great sinner. Her sin had been revealed to her. And she'd gone on to Jesus and Jesus had forgiven her. And it's as if Jesus is saying, look, she's the one that's got the £32,000 debt that she could never pay back. And therefore, she's just absolutely amazed that it's been wiped clean. She just can't believe it. And she's just, she's just amazed with Jesus and just loves him so much. But then Jesus turns to Simon and says, but, but you... <laughs> You don't really actually think you're that bad. You look at verse 47. I think this is what this is saying here. Is that this is kind of like Simon's perception. That, that he only uh, needs to be forgiven a little bit. Now we all need complete forgiveness, don't we? That's the reality. But in Simon's mind, he only needs to be forgiven a little bit. And therefore he only loves a little bit. Um, as I was saying before I spend a lot of my time in the week just chatting to people in Coventry about, about, about the Lord Jesus Christ and um, sometimes when I chat to people they, they say I'm not, I'm not a bad person and I, and I, and I, and I just say to them well, how, how are you measuring yourself and we talk about this analogy so I say if you imagine a bookcase and at the top of the bookcase you've got Mother Teresa you've got Princess Diana you've got Queen Elizabeth II and then right at the bottom, you've got people like Hitler, Jimmy Savile, Osama bin Laden. And then in the middle, there's, there's footballers, there's politicians. They're not perfect, but they're not terrible. And then most of these people that I talk to, they put themselves you know, somewhere, in the, somewhere just below the middle or somewhere just below the top. But the thing that we have to understand is, the thing that we all need to understand is, is that the respectable banker who lives in Leamington Spa in a massive house or the drug dealer who lives on a council estate around the corner, or the paedophile who lives in rugby prison behind bars, look, all these people are guilty. All these people are sinful before a holy and righteous God. And all these people need forgiveness. And Paul the Apostle says in Romans chapter 3, that at judgment day, all these people are going to be made silent. They're going to shut their mouths when they come before this God because they'll have nothing to say. Because it'll be so obvious that they're guilty. And so Jesus seeks to show this Pharisee Simon his sin. You see, the point of this parable is, is to show that in this story, this parable, that, that both of these people, the £32,000 person who owed that debt and the person who owed the £3,200 debt, both of them needed to have their debt wiped, didn't they? If they didn't, they'd, you know, they'd end up in prison. You see, this Pharisee, Simon, he doesn't honour Jesus. In verses 45 to 47, he, he doesn't honour Jesus. He doesn't love him. He doesn't see his desperate need for Jesus. He doesn't think that he's a sinner. You know, he, he's not forgiven. I mean, let me ask you, are you the same? Do you think that actually you're not that bad? 
You measure yourselves against other people that you know. If you look at verse 44, when Jesus says you see this, you see this woman, although Simon physically sees this woman, he doesn't really see her as Jesus sees her. He's blind to the fact that it is these types of people who Jesus forgives. It's people who know that they are like proper sinful. It's people who know that they can't fix themselves. It's people who know that they are guilty before God and that they deserve only one thing. They deserve eternal hell. They know that they need mercy. Let me ask you, is that you (laughs) this evening? Because Jesus is willing to forgive people like you. They're just like in that parable. The £32,000 debt was wiped, but also the £3,200 debt was wiped as well. You know, Jesus can wipe both of those people's debt clean. Who are you more like, Simon or the woman? Well, thirdly, those who trust in Jesus are forgiven. In verse 49, they're all sitting around the table. And those who were eating began to say to one another, Who is this that even forgives sins? Now, this is such an important question. I mean, ask yourself this question Who is this that even forgives sins? For Simon and the others at the house at this meal, They have seen this woman who was a great sinner come into this house. They have seen this woman weeping over Jesus' feet. They have seen the great love of Jesus Christ. They have seen the love that this woman has for Jesus. And they have seen that Jesus forgives this type of person. This woman's many sins are completely forgiven. But they don't see who Jesus is. They don't trust that Jesus can forgive their sins. But this woman sees who Jesus is. Do you see who Jesus is? You see, this woman, she knows that Jesus loves to eat and drink with sinful, messed up people who've got broken lives. She knows that Jesus is able to forgive her sin. She knows that Jesus is the Son of God. Do you know that? And that's why Jesus says to this woman, your faith has saved you. Verse 50. Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. You see, it's nothing else. It's, it's not anything that she has done. It's not her love or devotion for Jesus ultimately. It's not because she went and bought a really expensive bottle of Dior perfume at the local shop and then came and put it on Jesus' feet. That's not the reason that Jesus forgave her. Jesus forgave her because she trusted in Jesus Christ. And that's why he says, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Paul the Apostle says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, once that woman, she was an enemy of God, but now 
she has been reconciled. She's been reconciled to the eternal, unchangeable God who she can now call on as her father. But this Pharisee, Simon, though, he's still an enemy of God. He doesn't know God. He's not tasted the love of Jesus Christ. He doesn't think that he's a sinner. And therefore, he is not forgiven. And I ask this question again, who are you more like? Are you like the woman? Or are you like the Pharisee, Simon? In Lancaster County in America, October the 2nd, 2006, local police uh, broke into the one-room Amish schoolhouse. And they found 10 Amish school girls aged 6 to 13 who had been shot dead by Charles Carl Roberts. He had then committed suicide. And in the midst of their grief and shocking loss, the Amish community who lived in that place, they didn't cast blame. They didn't point fingers. They didn't hold a press conference with you know, attorneys at their sides. But instead, amazingly, they, they reached out with grace and compassion towards the killer's family. The afternoon of the shooting, an Amish grandfather of one of the girls who was killed, he expressed forgiveness toward the killer. And that same day, Amish neighbors, they visited the killer's family to comfort them in their sorrow and in their pain. And at the time, many reporters, they they just said, how could these people forgive such a terrible act of violence against innocent little, little children? There was a a university that did some research on this, a secular university, asking that very question, like, how on earth did this Amish community forgive? And and this is a secular um, university. This is what they concluded. They concluded that the doctrines which these Amish believers built their lives upon, namely the belief in a suffering Messiah who had died on the cross, gave these people the resources to forgive. You see, these Amish people, they, they saw what it cost Jesus to go to that cross. The eternal Son of God went to the cross and gave his life for sinners. And so they saw, if Jesus Christ is willing to do that for me, then no, no sin is too great for me not to forgive. There's, there's an advert that used to be on, on TV. And um, I don't know if you remember it, but it says it does exactly what it says on the tin. And this book here that I have, this is God's Word. This is the Bible. And the Bible does exactly what it says. The Bible changes and transforms people. It introduces you to a person, to Jesus Christ. And he's alive today. And he transforms people. You see, this person, Jesus, he came into the world in the first century AD. And he lived an absolutely perfect life. He never did anything wrong. He was crucified on a Roman cross outside of Jerusalem. 
And he was punished for the sin of those who would trust in him. And then he rose again three days later. He had great victory over sin, over death, and over the devil. And he did this so that amazing forgiveness could be offered to you freely today. You know, he did this so that you could be brought back to God. And Jesus commands you right now. He doesn't ask you, but he commands you to turn away from your sin. To turn away from your rebellion against God which is going to lead you to hell. He tells you, he commands you to abandon it, to let go of your self-righteousness of thinking that you are good enough yourself because you're not, you're really not. He commands you to put your trust in Jesus Christ and to receive his free forgiveness, to receive that that love that that woman experienced and, and knew. Will you receive Jesus' free forgiveness today? (laughs) Or will you be like that Pharisee, Simon, looking down on others or comparing against yourself to others in order to justify yourself? Or will you be like that broken lady who sees the love of Jesus, (laughs) knowing her sin and clinging and holding on to the Savior, trusting in him, knowing that in Jesus there is eternal life. Who are you? Who are you more like? Who are you like? The woman or the Pharisee? I'll leave that with you to think it through. Amen.